Every Advent and Christmas season, we're reminded of why we celebrate in the first place. For nearly 2,000 years, Christians all over the world have worshipped the Son of God incarnate, Jesus of Nazareth. But for someone we celebrate every year, many of us know little about him or why we worship him. This Advent season, join Vintage Church as we investigate and discover why we celebrate his birth. Well, good morning, everybody. You can be seated. Welcome to Vintage Church. If I've never met you before, my name is Dustin Turner. I serve as the lead pastor of Vintage Church. And of course, Merry Christmas. I don't know about you, but uh, this morning I woke up and my daughter woke up and uh, my mom lives 12 hours away in Ohio, so she sent the gifts and we coordinated to like FaceTime with her and we talked about doing it at four o'clock. So Emily wakes up and she said, hey, it's four o'clock, it's time to open these gifts. And I said, no, 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 4 p.m., not a.m. And so it has already begun in my house uh, but very excited about this season, uh, about Christmas, and ultimately to be able to celebrate with you guys today in the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This week, I've spent some time just reflecting on that song that many of us know that we're going to sing in just a little bit, Silent Night. Everybody's familiar with that song. And there's a line in the first verse that I want to read and I want to remind you of. And it says, silent night, holy night. All is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child. Holy infant, so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. That song, Silent Night, was written originally in German. The, the title of the song in German is still knocked, and it was written in 1818. And with the thing that I found incredible about this song is it has been translated in over 300 languages. And not only has it been translated in over 300 languages, but based on copyright uh, records, it is the most popular Christmas song of all time. This is incredible to me. And I think about that song, and in particular, that line in that song where it says, all is calm, all is bright. And then as that song ends where it says, sleep in heavenly peace. And I asked myself two questions thinking about Silent Night. Number one, was the night Jesus was born actually a silent night? I don't know about you, if you've ever been in a labor and delivery room before, things are not normally silent, they're not normally calm, they're bright, but for very different reasons, right? And most are not sleeping in heavenly peace. I remember when Gabe was born, he was born right before midnight. And so we didn't get back to our room after he was born until like 4 a.m. 
And then at like 6 a.m., after we had fallen asleep, all the nurses started to do their rounds. And I'm like, I've been asleep for two hours, and you just woke me up. And then there's, there, there's the other reality as we think about the incarnation and the birth of Jesus, that when we just look around our world and maybe reflect on our own lives, things do not feel and seem calm and bright. So what do we do with this reality where every Christmas season we sing this song, Silent Night, and we declare that everything is calm and bright and that we're going to sleep in heavenly peace when in fact we don't see that or feel that. And that's what I want us to talk about today as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. If you have a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, if you've been in church at any point in your life, especially during this season, chances are you have heard or read this passage before. Luke chapter 2 says this, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town, and Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. And wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. I want us to think about just two truths this morning. The first one is this. What Mary saw and felt didn't feel calm and bright. I just talked to you about the physical reality of childbirth. Now, now I know, I'm a man I have never given birth to a child. I have seen it happen, and as it was happening, I was thinking to myself, I never want to experience that ever. And I, I, it's funny, when you read the Gospels, right? When you read Luke chapter 2 and you read about the birth of Jesus, it's like, how many details were left out of that story? Where it's like, she, it was that time where she came to give birth to Jesus, and she gave birth to Jesus. I mean, how many hours could be found in that one verse, right? That she gave birth to Jesus and then wrapped him in swaddling cloths. And then there was no place in the end to lay him. So they literally put Jesus in a feeding trough as his crib. So many details in those few verses. And as we reflect on the birth of Jesus and we reflect on the truth of Silent Night, the reality is, is that things were not calm and bright for Mary. I mean, again, when I think about childbirth, I think about blood, sweat, tears, poop, and pee. <laughs> right? Not all things being calm and bright. One of uh, an artist that I follow, his name's Andrew Peterson. He wrote a song a few years ago called Labor of Love. Some of you might be familiar with it. And the song goes like this. He says, it was not a silent night. 
There was blood on the ground. You could hear a woman cry in the alleyways that night on the streets of David's town. And the stable was not clean, and the cobblestones were cold, and little Mary, full of grace, with the tears upon her face, had no mother's hand to hold. It was a labor of pain. It was a cold sky above. But for the girl on the ground in the dark, with every beat of her beautiful heart, it was a labor of love. So there's this physical reality, but in the midst of the physical reality, there's something going on that's behind the scenes, that's deeper. There's a, a spiritual reality. If you're familiar with Luke chapter 2, then maybe you're familiar with Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 21, we read about the story of Jesus' birth, but we read about it from the account of Joseph. And Matthew says this, he says, But as he, that's Joseph, considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord. Now, an angel of the Lord, is that a physical reality or a spiritual reality? That's not a trick question, by the way. It's a what? Spiritual reality. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in, you, in her is from the Holy Spirit. Physical reality or spiritual reality? Spiritual reality, right? Wow, you guys are failing miserably this Christmas morning. She, verse 21, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I'm going to give you the answer to the last one. It's a spiritual reality. So in the midst of everything going on, as Mary is experiencing the physical birth of Jesus, there is a spiritual reality that almost no one around them can see. And the only reason that Mary and Joseph are at least aware of something deeper than what they see right before them is because God himself has shown them and told them that there is a greater reality, a spiritual reality to what they are experiencing. The incarnation of Jesus is ultimately about what Scripture calls the gospel. The good news of Jesus, that's what gospel means, good news. And the reason that you and I need good news is because in our world and in our lives, things are filled with bad news. The worst news possible is that we have been created to be in relationship with our creator, God. And yet we have disobeyed God, and what that disobedience is called is sin. That sin separates us from our Creator. It's like being a son and daughter, but being estranged from your parent. We are estranged from our God who created us. And there's absolutely no way for you and I to make our way back and get back to our Father, our God, our Creator. But God loves us so much that He sent who? Jesus. He sent His Son. 
He sent his son to earth on a mission to reconcile us to him. That we could come back to God and have a relationship with him. And so Jesus came to earth as God becoming human. And in becoming human, he lived a life exactly like mine and yours, experiencing all the things that come with being human. The difference with Jesus, though, is unlike our lives who are filled with sin, Jesus did not sin once. And what Scripture tells us is that Jesus came to earth to save us from our sin, as the angel told Joseph. And he died on the cross, defeating sin, death, and hell. And he rose from the grave to give us life. The birth of Jesus, the incarnation of Jesus, there's a physical reality to it, but it is about ultimately a spiritual reality. That there's more than meets the eye. There's more that we see. And the reality of this story is that God came for you to have life. That God came for you to experience new life in Jesus. If you would simply repent, turn away from the way you have been living, and then turn to Jesus and trust that his death and his resurrection is what can save you. Why? This is how... One church father described Jesus. He said, The fleshless one takes flesh. The word is made coarse. The invisible one is seen. The impalpable one is touched. The timeless one makes a beginning. The Son of God becomes Son of Man. There were things that Mary experienced that were not so calm and bright. But that was then... And this is now. What we see and feel doesn't feel all that calm and bright. I probably don't have to give you the list of things that you are already aware of or already are experiencing to help you understand that things do not feel all that calm and bright. All you have to do is Turn on the television, open up your computer, look at your phone, and you will find wars all over our world. You will find political divisiveness. You will find murder and hatred. You will find evil in your own life. You might be experiencing a medical diagnosis that you didn't want to hear about. You might have experienced death in your own life. And at the core... One of the challenges with the human life is that if we're not careful, we can slip into a hopelessness because everything around us, that physical reality, is not calm and is not bright. But there is also a spiritual reality. I want to share with you what the Apostle Paul said in Romans 8 where he talks about this spiritual reality. Look at what he says. He says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time, physical reality, what are your present sufferings that you are experiencing? 
For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us, spiritual reality. For the creation waits physical reality with the eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God, spiritual reality. For the creation, physical reality was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that spiritual reality, the creation itself, will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know physical reality that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we await eagerly spiritual reality for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait with patience. See, what Paul is doing in these few verses in Romans chapter 8 is laying out for us the reality of life. That there is a physical reality that when we look at the physical reality, things are not easy, things are challenging, things are difficult. Life is not going to be always a walk in the park. But at the same time, Paul says, even though there's this physical reality that each one of us sees, there is also a spiritual reality that you might not see, but you need to be made aware of. And the spiritual reality is that that baby who was born 2,000 years ago came to do something. He came to die, and he came to rise, and he came to return, to rule over all of creation and make it new. The thing that we've been talking about for the last three weeks when it comes to this season of Advent and so just like Mary, Mary had that physical reality, but she also knew the spiritual reality of things going on. It's true for you and I. As we think about this Christmas season and we think about the physical reality when we're looking around and we're seeing war on this, in this country or tragedy in this area or uh, illness in this life, all of these physical realities, we cannot close our eyes and forget the spiritual reality that is before us, that Jesus lives, that he's, that he's real, that he came and that he died and that he rose and that he will one day return again and make all things new and that the, the pain and the suffering and the evil that we experience in this life, those are not the end. Those are not the things that have the final say in our lives. That as Paul says in Romans chapter 8, there is hope for us. We have hope. Do not confuse what you see and feel for what is reality. All is calm and bright, and all will be 
calm and bright. The physical reality can confuse you. But when you are reminded of the spiritual reality, you know that all is calm and bright. Even in the face of this physical reality where we know things aren't quite as they should be yet, we know that one day the spiritual reality that we know to be true will become the physical reality when Jesus does come back and he makes all things new. The beautiful thing about Christmas, the beautiful thing about the incarnation, the birth of Jesus and Jesus becoming human is this truth. Because he came, we know he will come again. And we can hope in that truth. And so today, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, we light this Christ candle. We light it remembering and believing that all is bright. And at the same time, we light it anticipating and knowing that all will be bright. Because Jesus has come and because Jesus will return. Thank you for joining the Vintage Church NOLA podcast. If you're enjoying this content, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll see you next week.